Welcome back to the Indiscriminate News Network. I'm your host, Jason St. Clair. I have part two of two of the interview with the police officer at the scene of the 9-11 attacks. I'll go ahead and upload this one today. Uh, I actually had a couple interviews that I was going to share with you, but they got a little off of the rails, so I'm going to think twice about sharing with you. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to the Indiscriminate News Network. I'm your host, Jason St. Clair. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. I appreciate all you guys. Okay, bye. The people are smoking elation. The people are literally are gone uh, or are about to go. I mean, you've got to go for the people that, that are what we call survivable. The people that are not going to live, unfortunately, you really can't spend your time on them. You have to worry, worry about the people that are survivable. And it, it, it's, a, it's a sad fact of life, but in medical terms, that's the way it is. In a multiple car accident, it's what they call triage. Uh, people that have severed limbs, you know, uh, people are just bleeding. The people that have severed limbs are gonna go with the shock and probably die. People that are almost, you know, so you go after the survival people first. Um, this individual needed my help. Um, like I said, if I had to turn the clock back, I would have personally uh, rescued him. I would have personally got him medical attention, stayed with him until, you know, I don't know, it was, he was unconscious. You know, I don't, to be honest, I don't know whether he, he survived. He might have died from his injuries. He had a serious head injury. My only regret is I wish I had stayed with him. You know, and, uh, and that's something I got to take. That's something this guy I got to take with me for a long time. Um, I don't know his name. I don't even you know. I can't even picture his face. But he, you know, he needed my help. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, unfortunately, I, for whatever reason, because of the, the enormity of the situation, you know, I left him really, and <laughs> I can't believe I left him. You know. But I did because other people needed my help, and according to other people, it wasn't my radio transmission. Those other people probably would have uh, died inside that doorway because I was the only one that had a radio, and I did get the firefighters there. So the fact that I, if I lost one person, if he did die, and I saved ten, then, then you know, I, I, I guess I did the right thing, but I don't know. You know, that, 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 that's part of my conscience. That's something I have to uh, deal with. But I'm starting to, you know, come to the realization that I did what I had to do. It wasn't for me going down to the first floor where the plane had hit. Those people probably had no chance of being rescued. So, the second plane, I wish I didn't leave the building. I wish I ignored the, my directives and leave the building. Um... I also wish we went out to the courtyard to see where that guy was. It just, you know, I can say, you know, I, if, when, then, and, and ever, and I talked to other officers, and, and we came to the conclusion, you can't train for something like this, and you really can't. You know, I've talked to doctors and nurses and firefighters, and they said, you always have a question whether you, you should have rushed down this hallway or went to this room or gone downstairs or did this, he goes, that's always going to happen. He goes, in our profession, it always happens. He says, but you just got to come to the realization 
you did what you had to. You did what you had to do and what you could do. You were living in what you had, <clears throat> and uh, you did what you could. You know, had I had a smoke mask and an oxygen tank, yeah, I could have got. I could have went down the hallway and got people and got them out and and probably saved them. But I didn't have the equipment. You know, I made an attempt with a handkerchief over my mouth and. I got 10 feet and I, I started taking smoke. And I said, forget this, I can't do anything. And that was, the fr I think the whole frustration part is I couldn't get to these people. I wanted to, but I couldn't, you know? And so it was just, just me. It was, it was officers throughout the entire outside, inside. We were in, we were praised for the same frustration situation. We didn't have the proper equipment to rescue these people. You know, and, and and I really think a lot more people could have lived and put the fire out for three days. I think that was a detriment to us, too. Uh, rescue couldn't wait to get these people uh, that were probably died of smoke inhalation and then the flames consumed them. So it, that was frustrating, too. We wanted to go in and get them when we couldn't. Because the fire, as you know, started again the night. Mm -hmm. And it went all day the second day and they put it out third night, it started again, so it was like, uh, trying to put this fire out was like, uh, it wouldn't go out. Uh, so, that's about it. Uh, September 11th, and then, of course, it, 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 you know, we were on 13 hour shifts fall the next day, and then uh, basically we had to seal off the area where the bodies were, because people were coming to work the next day and wanted to go to their offices, and we said no. You're not going down there. Uh, that's a crime scene, and there's bodies still sitting where they are, and um, you cannot disturb anything. You want to get files and briefcases, and we said no. And basically, people did get through, and we had to chase them down and find them and get them out of there. And then I think the third day, they set up military police, uh, actually blocked up the area, and then out of the crash field, uh, the FBI took over jurisdiction and they put up a fence and basically only certain people were allowed into the crash site and then it became a media circus you know everybody but his brother wanted to get down there so so that's that's it that's September 11th that's September 11th um, uh, the other stuff that happened Tent City which you know Salvation Army and the Red Cross that's another story altogether that's okay yeah well people came down that that night, actually, was it that night? No, I think it was the second night when we when we handled the crash site. The Red Cross, the Assembly of God, the Baptists, and the the uh, Salvation Army appeared. They started putting up these tents, and we were kind of like, "What is this?" Next thing you know, they were feeding us. I mean, it was like it just happened. And this time, we had. Uh, FBI, ATF, all your federal law enforcement agencies were on site. We had we had so many federal agents, uh, incredible. We were all breaking bread together. State police, you know, uh, you know, I'd be at a table with a state trooper, an FBI agent, ATF agent, and sitting there eating eating dinner. You know, it's like that's why it's called Camp Unity. All law enforcement police, emergency, military personnel, we all worked for a common cause to recover the dead. And it was like a solemn thing, but 
we all had a mission to do it. And we all do it in our own way. And, and we just sit there. And that's when we saw the cars from the kids, though, from all over the country. Oh. They started peering on fences. And the Salvation Army, we put them on the table. We read them, you know. They're rescuers, they're policemen. You're doing a great job, you know. We love you, you know. I mean, so it, it, they went everywhere. They started winding up everywhere. They wind up at the crash site. They wind up inside at the courtyard. They were on posters, fences. It was unbelievable. Uh, that is a story in itself. I wish I videotaped, but I didn't want to do that because I think I would have offended the police. Huh. I don't think they wanted to be videotaped, so I didn't. I didn't take any pictures. I wish I had taken some pictures, but I didn't. You know, so. But I did write. I, I answered five in the card. I, I grabbed five and answered five of them. That's neat. Kids from wherever. I said, hey, I'm a Pentagon police officer, and you now we appreciate the car, we appreciate your thoughts and prayers. And yes, we we do we do get them, and we read them. And the police and the firefighters and the FBI are, know you're sending cards, and we know you're out there, and we appreciate what you're doing, and keep it up, you know that kind of stuff. So I figure, hey, if no one if no one answers these kids, how are they gonna know? You know, they send a card to like to the Pentagon police. I mean, how do they know it's gonna get there? You know, like to the Pentagon rescuers. Yeah. But the Salvation Army and the Red Cross made sure that the cards got there, and they put them on the table where we ate, so we wouldn't miss them. So we would read them while we were eating. That's awesome. It's pretty emotional. A lot, a lot of emotion involved. Uh, the enormity of what happened, you know, as as days went by, uh, really took its toll. You know, um, we had problems sleeping at night. I had problems sleeping at night. Um, I had nightmares, different visions of things happening. So it was. Um, so that's about it. That's what happened on September 11th. And you uh, can. I might add, at the time of the plane hitting the Pentagon, I did not know about the World Trade Center. I didn't find that out until I talked to an FBI agent at the scene. And he told me, did you know the World Trade Center got hit by two planes? I said, no, I did not. He said, they collapsed. I said, what? He said, yeah, we have we have teams going to New York right now. He said, both towers collapsed. I said, <clears throat> I had no idea. Wow. He said, there was four planes. The fourth plane crashed in Pennsylvania. I said, what? He said, yeah, the other plane was supposed to... Uh, either hit us or hit the Capitol. It crashed in Pennsylvania. That's four planes? Because yeah. Two hit the World Trade, one hit, and the other one was supposed to hit the Capitol. So you gotta be kidding me. They attacked four, four they were gonna hit four targets? He goes, yes, that's correct. They hit four targets. So Pierre's the Capitol was the fourth target. Wow. So, um, um, far as starts, um, I wish I ran out quarter two and ran to the crash site. I might have been a hero or I might have been killed. I don't know. Uh, I could have ran out the mall entrance and ran to the other side of where there were mountain and rescue operation. Um, see, the people that responded to the front of the building initially, they were they got the publicity and all the acknowledgments. But, you know, I can't change what's happened. 
you know, it, it, it's, it's past. I was inside the building and I thought my, what I should do is help people inside the building. People on the outside were out there to help. So eventually I did wind up outside like a half an hour later. Uh, it wasn't a second plane. I would have stayed and and helped those people out as soon as the smoke died away. If I would have went somewhere else, who knows? If I would went up to the fourth floor, third floor, and try to help rescue, I don't know. That's conjecture, Jennifer. I have no clue. Yeah. Once I left the building, I didn't go back in until the fire was out. Well, one side was out. The, 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 there were still fires going on, but the initial fire where the plane hit. And then the building collapsed and a half an hour after the plane, it didn't help either, because the bodies and the people that were in there were crushed by tons and tons of debris. So if they survived the initial crash, they, they were killed by uh, debris. So we don't know how, we'll never know how, how, how all these people died. For the most part, the people that were right where the plane hit, they, they pretty well died instantly. A lot of them literally were uh, I don't know how graphic want to be. Um, vaporized, the word I want to use. Jet fuel. Yeah. Jet fuel fuels, fuel, about 2,000 degrees temperature. Uh, they were pretty well vaporized, and the passengers, I believe, were on the airplane, from my understanding, were literally blown to bits. The fuselage disintegrated. Uh, that kind of force hit, hit in a rock building, cement building tend to do that because you remember we're made where body is 75 like 75 uh, percent liquid mm-hmm. so it's like jello Ugh. so you gotta, you gotta that, that's basically what happens and you saw that uh you witnessed that no I didn't no uh, uh guys took a when I, I left that night at 6 30 because I was totally exhausted and I didn't know my face was so burnt when I got home my face was purple. My shoes were wet that I had walked in sludge, debris, and basically remains of people. And I threw the shoes out in the trash bag because I realized where I was stepping on. And I realized these shoes were contaminated and full of uh, jet fuel and they were finished. So I threw, and my pants were messed too. Officers did go in know, seven, eight, nine o'clock, they actually walked around and they, they, they saw more than I did. They, they basically saw the burnt, burnt bodies in the officer's desk and everything. Uh, I didn't see that. I was too exhausted. I was ready to go home at 7.30, 8 o'clock. I think I got home at 8.30 that day. Yeah. Oh, I didn't go home at 10 o'clock? I got home late. Your mom said I got home at 10, so... What happened to me, I have no idea. Maybe I spent more time in the building than I thought I did. I don't know. At one time, time, just, uh, I don't know, I basically I was walking around in a daze, basically. Wow. So. Do you think you've accounted for everything that happened that day, or do you think there's still parts that you don't remember? Well, when I was at the hotel with the victims, the family of the victims were staying, mm-hmm. uh, I had military people come up to me, you know, pat me on the back and shake my hand and said that DPS did a fantastic job. And he says, you, you guys, I mean, you, what you guys really need, what needed you actually were there, you know. And it, 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 supposedly, because of our efforts, 
we evacuated almost 23,000 people out of the building. Wow. We did a heck of a job. We evacuated 95% uh, of the building. The people who weren't evacuated basically were killed, killed instantly. Uh, where the impact area was, uh, there was no, there was no chance. A minute would have meant anything. They were, they were basically killed instantly. Um, there's a lesson to be learned in this: is um, be prepared. I guess. Um, how do you prepare it? I guess having equipment available to us, like smoke masks, flashlights, gloves, first aid kits that we can get to right away would be would be a good idea. As a matter of fact, I've echoed that right um, to the people uh, that want to know after action report, mm -hmm. and that's why I indicated that we need gloves, first aid kits, masks, oxygen tanks, because when you're dealing with smoke and flames, without that stuff, you can't save anyone except yourself. And those, four, those poor people they had no way out because it was totally dark. There was no, the power went, as you know. Once the power went, it was completely dark. And we would need those big fireman's flashlights. And we didn't have those. So, how can I get people out of a hallway I can't see? Right. You know, we're here, we're here. I said, you know, where? I, I can't see you. We, uh, that, that was frustrating, you know. Yeah, people say, get out of the hallway, officer. There's people laying on the floor. I said, where? They said, keep on walking. You you walk into them. I step into them. I mean, I said, where are they at? And I tried to get out in the hallway, and I and I turned back because the smoke was so thick. And I was coughing. And I came out, and I ran to a lieutenant. And uh, she said, how many people down? I said, I have no idea, lieutenant. I can't see. So I started going up to the second floor, and I got the second floor escalator, and the smoke was coming down, and I said, forget it. I can't go up the second floor anymore either, so I think I wind up in the courtyard. I realize then now the building, where I could have been, it was too late now. Smoke was coming from the fifth, coming all the way down. The plane hit between the first and second floor, and the smoke was spreading throughout the entire building. So where I was previously, I could not get back to. It was that bad. The longer, see, the longer, the longer it was, the smoker started spreading. So areas that I was, what I was at, I was able to get to, that was it. Those escalators literally became, people couldn't, my understanding people did fall down the escalators and, and die of smoke inhalation. They found them on the escalators. Uh, so people did try to get out when I left. They did, they got out, but they had, they had nowhere to go. You know, there was so much smoke, they didn't know where to go. All he was somebody with the, somebody like us that could have directed him out of the building or out to the hallway or whatever, but, you know, so. Emotional, yes. A lot of people, I saw the pictures, uh, they have a board called uh, the uh, American Heroes, and they have like six displays at the Pentagon. Everywhere you go in the Pentagon, they have all the victims, picture of all the victims, including the airplane victims. They have the picture and they have a little caption. And it's kind of hard to read it because a lot of those people, I used to check their badges, talk to them. <coughs> I'm getting dry throat. i got to end this conversation soon. Um, I realized they were gone. Yeah, it, it, uh, 
that's when I head home. You know, when I see these people, but they're not, they're they're gone. And how they went, who knows? Some I think died quick. Some suffered. Uh, who knows? The only God knows how they how they died. Some literally didn't know it hit them. A plane coming at that speed, and you sit at a desk. The plane takes you and everything with it, and goes straight through. Whatever's anybody along the way, it just takes them with them. You stand in the hallway, you go with it. It's like a sweep. That means the the airplane parts and the wreckage and debris will hit you all at one time. So you can imagine how there's body parts all over the place. That kind of force. Yeah, you know, they got they just got scattered everywhere. And uh, the, the bad thing with families is you know, a lot. A lot of families didn't didn't, didn't have anything to bury because not everybody was not everybody was found. And as of today, I think they're still missing people, and they they never will be found because, like I told you before, they were either vaporized or they were blown to bits. So it was pretty catastrophic. Not as World Trade Center is. I can't even comment on that. I, I can't visualize uh, that amount of that amount of people lying under seven stories of debris. Uh, that's that's unfathomable. That's that's incredible. I don't know how they can get those people out. Seven stories. Uh, I don't know how, I don't know what they can do. Uh, they're gonna have to basically do a salvage operation. Whatever is wrong with debris goes to the dump. There's nothing you can do about it. You can't look for 5,000 body, bodies after three weeks, after two months. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, I mean, give you a footnote. Uh, this is just my personal opinion. Um, if you haven't followed the news, there was a fire yesterday at the Pentagon. The fire had fallen. And yesterday, a, a, a water pipe broke. Ironically, it hit me. The water pipe broke exactly where I was, where that guy was lying with the head injury. The whole area was flooded. So, ever since the the disaster and 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 the people not being recovered, it seems like the building's haunted. Oh. And I do believe it. They've had two two suspicious fires that just happened. And like I said, we had a water main break yesterday. The pipe just broke and no one could find the pipe. The water's cascade went through the ceiling. And it hit me. I said, I don't, I don't believe it. I was right here on September 11th. You know, that, that, that was kind of weird. That was kind of eerie. I was right there on September 11th, bending down to see how the guy was. And that's where the, that's where the flood was. Oh, Isn't that ironic? Eerie, to say the least, you know. And they couldn't find where they couldn't find the pipe broke. They don't know where it came from. Finally, shut the water off. This happened the other night before I came home. I had to do the report. I was the first one on the scene. First officer on the scene. Oh wow. Ironically, I was the first officer on the scene, September 11th, the same area. Oh. And that hit me like, is this a coincidence, Don? This is eerie. This is definitely eerie. And it was about the time I was walking through the building, about 6.20 when I was going through quarter five. And and so the whole thing was a little little strange. But I do believe that the spirits of the people that 
that are still there, or what's left of them, or whatever, I believe, haunt the building. And I think, I think they'll haunt the building for a long time. And until the building's put back together, I believe there's going to be a lot of more mishaps. Watch the news, seriously. Don't be surprised if you see another fire at the Pentagon. They're doing a construction thing right now, and they're working with acetylene torches, and they're working with equipment. And uh, you work with that kind of stuff, you're subject to having, you know, having stuff burn, or water, whatever. Uh, you know, the, those of us that work there, it's um, it's like a tomb. It's like these people are, were entombed. You know, and unfortunately. Unfortunately, and I think this, the, that new side of the building had what you call blast windows. Mm-hmm. Because of that, people couldn't break the windows to get out. They threw chairs against it and it bounced off the glass because the glass is designed not to shatter. Even an airplane crash, they're that thick. Well. And unfortunately, because of those windows, a lot of people literally were, were, were entombed trapped in their office. They couldn't get out. And we couldn't break them because the firefighters had a hard time breaking the glass with the picks. So they basically died right where they were, trying to get out of the office. You know, so, so much for, you know, I mean, the whole, I- the whole idea was to protect, you know, blasts from uh, whatever, but in the same vein, it, uh, they probably entombed them in their own in their own office. So, anyway, that's about it. I, I know I went over, but no, you have as much time as you want. If you want to do it on another tape, we can do that some other time too. Yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm getting dry mouth and okay. it's getting late. No problem. Hold on. And uh, too, I mean, most of the times in my in, in my job, I know what to do. I know what to do when I when they send me to an incident or an emergency and. Whatever, I know what to do, but I guess this is one time I just froze. I didn't know, didn't know whether to go up or down, sideways. Uh, didn't know what to do. I think because of that, I, I, I didn't, I didn't follow through with this individual. Uh, my instinct was to, to help him. I mean, I was about to bend down and 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 and, and assist him because he was bleeding profusely from a head injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was my instinct. And then someone grabbed me by the shoulder and said, we need you to come with us. I said, well, he needs my help too, something like that. I mean, a lot of stuff is is, is um, hazy. You know, what went first, the arm or him, you know, I don't know. You know, I'm trying to I'm trying to un, unjiggle it, all this stuff, all the stuff that happened so quickly. And uh, it's hard to do. Mm-hmm. I talked to other officers and they say the same thing. That you know that they they were doing this, but they don't remember whether they did this first or did the other second. So it's it's a jungled up, you know, in the mind. Mm-hmm. Because what I find out a traumatic event like this, you you go into what you call a, a different kind of mode. It's not a shock mode. It, it's a it's a it's an adrenaline mode where you 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 know you got to do something, so do it. You know. So with all these people yelling for help and say people are burning and here and, you know, I said, I need to do something, you know. I mean, he needs help, but 
so did other people. So you know, maybe, 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 maybe he was conscious, and, and I felt that those two people would take care of him, and I had to go. Maybe the smoke started coming, and I had to get out of there. I don't know. I, I, I just can't. It's just, it just so many things that happened at one time that I can't sort it out. Did I leave him because of the smoke? Or leaving because someone grabbed me. I don't know. I, I, I just cannot figure it out. How I went up on the first floor with a flaming building and a hole, I don't really know how I got there. Did I go with somebody? Did I go by myself? Who told me they were there? I don't know. I was here and there, and I was different places, but I don't know what sequence events. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I can't piece it together. Now, how long did I stay down in, 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 the, in the alleyway? You know, what did I see? Did I see more than I thought I did? I don't know. It's all jungled up. It really is. Um, the second plane was not part of the scenario. Uh, I would have stayed, I believe I would have stayed uh, where I was and, or I would have tried to went somewhere else out to the courtyard and probably help people. Uh, I don't know. It's just... Um, Hey, I need to go to sleep. The building that was fully engulfed, and that literally the building could have exploded and I could have been killed. The fact I stayed there, even when the windows were ready to explode, standing in jet fuel and water, I, I, guess, I guess, I guess I, you know, I guess if you define that hero, I guess, I don't feel I'm a hero. I think the canine guy that ran into the building that actually rescued people that were burning and got him out in the parade field and, and put him out. Uh, I consider him a hero, you know, and we haven't talked about it, but, uh, you know, that will happen too. And I asked, I said, hey, Isaac, you feel like a hero? You know what he told me? Hey, man, I was doing what I was trying to do. Wow. I, I, guess that's, I, guess that's the, I guess that's the answer. We did what we were trained to do, save lives. And with a catastrophic event like this, you save as many people as you possibly can. Not knowing how, how, I didn't know how much damage it was at the time. I didn't know how much of the building was taken out. I, I had a lot of, I, all I was going by what I was dealing with. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So based on that, I, I reacted based on, on, the, on, on the elements I was dealing with. Um, had I had a smoke mask, you know, what I gone further than I should have and succumbed, who knows? I mean, there's question if, when, why, and should have and done it and could have. Well, I didn't. And like your mother says, you know, just accept the fact you were there, you were at the building when it got hit, and you actually, you actually were involved in a rescue operation. And you did save people just by the mere fact of getting firefighters to the area where they needed it. Yep. So... It's just that that one individual, it bothers me, and it'll bother me for a long time. Because I don't know whether he lived or, I don't know whether he lived or he died. The head injury could have been fatal, I don't know. You know, and I don't know, I wish I knew his name tag, because I would have known whether he made it or not, because they posted all the fatalities. And there were a lot of military